The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to Real People of Orange County, and I'm your host, Kimberly Martin. This show is a fun and informative look inside the lives of Orange County's best and brightest. These are people who serve their community in a meaningful capacity on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. So, um, well, welcome to today's show. You are uh, listening to Real People OC, and we come to you each and every Thursday afternoon from 4 to 5. And I am so interested by the people that come my way. It's it's really a lot of fun. I love what I do here at KUCI, and I just I welcome you to tune in uh, each and every week. And if you know somebody really in particular that's of interest and you want to share it with KUCI or have them on the show, Real People OC, I invite you to contact me. You can reach me through um, realpeopleoc.com. And if you want to listen to podcasts, you can always uh, circle back to uh, previous recordings that we've had by going to um, KUCI.org uh, slash Real People OC, and you can find my podcast there. Uh, so we invite you to join us um, often at that website, uh, KUCI.org, and um, and you can reach me through realpeopleoc.com. So uh, I was excited when I got a phone call from a friend. Uh, big shout out to Jane Kennedy and uh, Gina over at OC Events. Um, we'll talk about her a little later on. But she um, wanted to bring to me uh, Julia, Julia Bendis. And um, now I was so intrigued when I heard that Julia was a multi-generational matchmaker. And I know you're probably thinking we're just going to have a little chat about a dating service here in Orange County. And that's not such as the case. I really was intrigued because Julia's background was different. She has come to this through just being culturally infused by this process and I thought, okay, we can actually take a deeper look, and we could take a deeper look from one of Orange County's um, very own. So I welcome into the studio today, uh, Ukrainian-born uh, Julia Bendis, uh, grew, grew up in Latvia on the Baltic Sea and came to America in 1989. And I think she's probably got some really keen observations to share with us about married life, about single life. And I don't know, this is kind of a funky place to date. I I met and married my husband here in Orange County, and I am like no other woman. I have many stories to share, mm. and um, so I, I'm not sharing any of them today, however. <laughs> <laughs> my husband listens to my show, but um, but I, I found it to be a really unique and frankly quite challenging place to be a single woman and also to think about marriage and to, and to find people that were even interested in coupling up. So um, with that, I bring Julia Bendis to us to talk about uh, match by Julia, matchbyjulia.com, and to hear about the age-old tradition of matchmaking. So, Julia, welcome to Real People OC. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you for having me on. I'm so happy you're here because, actually, I'm more relieved that I'm married and I don't have to think <laughs> about this topic anymore. Right. Um, whenever I hear one of my married friends complain, I think to myself, oh, honey, yeah. just let it be. Because trust me, I think what's out there is so difficult. But maybe you have um, an interesting perspective. So take us back, if you would. Right. Well, dating is very difficult. And I have been doing this uh, since I was a teenager. My whole family was doing this, all the women in my family, my mom, my grandma, everyone that I can remember, we always brought people together. We always matched people. My first setup was in high school. And it's just something I have always done. I walk up to people on the street. It's the one thing I always think about when I meet new people. I wonder if they're single. And I wonder if I might have a match for them. You know, I I live it, I breathe it, I wake up in the middle of the night thinking, I got it, I got a match. I know I'm going to settle that person with. So it's become more than a job. It's not a job, it's a life to me. Okay, so so what... What do you think that is inside of you that wants to put two people together? Well, everybody needs love. Everybody wants love. Everybody wants to have a partner. And some people want to get married, settle down, and the whole have the whole big thing. But other people just want a partner. And, it, you know, it comes in different ways. 
different people want different things, but in the end, they all want a partner in life to share things with, to come home to, to have children with, to share your day with. And I've always loved bringing happiness to people, always wanted people to be happy. And this is the only thing I've ever been interested in. And I've no matter what jobs I've ever had, this was the most time-consuming one. It was always what I did. It's, so it's, it's what came naturally to you. Naturally, right. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing, you know, people ask, is it something you can learn? I don't think so. I don't. It's an intuition that you have about who you think would be good with who. And I don't think you can learn it. You know, I meet someone and I know I start thinking about people in my head. And it's definitely, it's an intuition. It's a feeling that you have and it's hard to explain. So, well, I want to dig more into the history of the culture that you grew up in and and why that was such an important part. But I think that no discussion of this, especially if we're going way back in history, would be complete without acknowledging the fact that there was at, at times arranged marriages. Right. And, and is this skill that you're talking about that um, you've drawn on from your ancestors very closely tied to the same um, same principles that helped govern arranged marriages? Right. And that's how it came about, actually, is, you know, especially in my culture, the Russian Jewish culture, uh, people lived in towns and villages and they they had women, older women, that would set people up. They had sort of files that they kept on single people and they would bring it to family members and say, you know, so-and-so is getting older, we need to get her married. And it was, it was essentially an arranged marriage back in the day. And with time, people got to choose who they wanted to meet and who they wanted to marry. So it kind of evolved. So when people think matchmaking now, yes, it's traditional in terms of that it's not online dating. It's in person, one-on-one. I meet with every single one. And uh, but you get a choice. I I bring different people to you and you have a choice, obviously, these days now who you want to date and marry. But back in the day, it it was it started as an arranged marriage within that culture, within that town, within that group and the villages you wanted. People wanted to marry their own. So, you know, and they didn't have access to outside of their town and. So that's where they had these old women that would go around and basically collect files on who was single and who wasn't. So Really? They kept yeah. files? Yeah. <laughs> or mental files, maybe? Mental files. And then they actually did. They, they had notes and they would write things down. And, you know, they had pictures at some point. They came into that. And it's um, it's developed into something that people want now, even though... We have the technology for online dating, and people can't sit behind their computers and look at profiles for hours at a time. But this is something that is so much better because you don't know what you get when you're online. Well, but even that, um, going through some somebody that's outside of yourself might actually have a better picture of who you are than you do of yourself. And, right. and I think it would be interesting to dig a little deeper to find out were arranged marriages more successful in the long run than um, those we choose for, uh, on our own accord? You know, I'm not sure if they were more successful. I think people stayed together because they didn't really have an option of divorce. It was unheard of and it wasn't allowed, whether it was your religion or your culture or where you came from. So definitely people stayed together, whether they were happy or not. I don't know... Um, You know, I haven't done the research and it's interesting, it's probably interesting to look into, but I, you know, it's arranged marriage, you don't really get to know someone. They say you can grow to love a person and I'm sure people, that happen a lot. So, and they had a lot of similarities. They had the same culture, they probably came from the same religion. So there was that and the background of that, so... So but, it, yeah. it's it's hard to know, like you said, for the reason right. you just cited, because culturally they didn't divorce and it's not so common anymore. But right. back to the point that I raised of why it might be better for somebody outside of oneself to choose for you, because, you know, not all of us make the de- best decisions and we don't see ourselves as we are often. We see ourselves as we want to be. And that's not the best way to start out a healthy relationship, is it? Right, exactly. And that's what I always tell people. You have to, number one, be realistic. You have to be open-minded and to stay away from your list 
because oh, your list, you huh? know, people come to me with a big list of musts, and he must be this, he must be that, she must be tall, she must be thin, she must be that, and I will bring to you others. I will bring to you people that you may never have thought of, but they might be a perfect match for you, or as perfect as you can get. You can't have a hundred percent of everything, but. I always tell people to be open-minded and stay open. And exactly, you you may see yourself in one way. You may have a type, but I may fi- show you someone that you never thought of. And you have a lot more in common with that person because, you know, people usually look for someone the complete opposite of them. And that's not right. I never believe that opposites attract it may, you know, it may last for a little while because of the newness of it, you know, being with someone that's totally different from you, it's exciting. But in the end, you want to have common interests and you want to be closer in similarities than the opposite. Interesting. Is uh, I never did manage to figure it out. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> I lucked out. But, um, and that's so good. I didn't have to. But, um, Okay, well, so maybe maybe this is too personal, but what was it like for you to date and look for a partner? Did you use your skills, or did somebody use them on for on your behalf? Well, it's funny you say that. I I was twenty one when I met my husband, and it was really just because of my mom and my grandma, because apparently I wasn't dating quality people at twenty one. So I was fairly young. We got married at twenty two, and um, you know I've also learned that. Um, I won't take people on that are younger than 25 because you really don't know yourself because we grow and I've obviously grown since then. And, um, you know, in my culture, people do get married young. So to my grandmother, to my mother, it was, you know, time to get married, time to (laughs) start dating quality people. So, yeah, they did. They did it for me. They put my picture in um, Jewish Community Center where they just first had the book for guys, the book for girls. This was before online dating, really. And uh, we both kind of picked each other. And uh, we saw each other's pictures, saw a profile, and um, went out. So, yeah, they, they kind of made it happen <laughs> for me. So this is like early dating service then here in right. California? Were you in It Canada? was, and we were one of their first success stories. So, and this was all done in person. You came in, you lock, you looked through the book, you flipped through the pages, looked at people's profiles and gave them permission to call you. Okay. So you mentioned that your mom and grandma said you weren't dating quality people. Don't people that lack quality also need to couple up as well? well exactly. And <laughs> I mean, how, quality, do you, how does that work? You know, right? What's quality? You're, you're to lame, you? and you're lame. Let's put you together. Exactly. That's it's funny. So my together. husband always says, you know, everybody needs love, and and that's why I take on everyone. As long as you're a good person, I as long as you're realistic and open-minded, um, you know, and you're willing to listen to my advice as a professional. I will take you on, but I am also very selective. I won't deal with people who, you know, and in their late 50s and want a woman of childbearing age. So I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to take you on. I'm not going to take on someone who thinks he he wants a model and literally gives me a list of Victoria's Secret models that he wants. I'm not going to take that person on either. So as long as you're realistic and exactly quality to one person is something different to another. So... We all have the things that we want. So now do you still have your mom and grandma with you? My mom, yes. My grandmother passed away about 15 years ago, unfortunately, but yeah. So you have somebody to bounce off ideas from the traditional sense. Okay, so let's start from the top. When you meet somebody, what are some of the qualities that you look for to match when you match two people? Well, there's a big questionnaire they have to fill out, first of all, because I before I can take them on, I have to screen them, so to speak. So they fill out a 60-plus questionnaire that's on my website, and uh, they send me pictures. Now, I'm one of the only matchmakers that doesn't show pictures for a specific reason because, uh, you know, they're not professional pictures that people send me. People look different in their pictures. They could be touched up. That's why I meet with everyone to verify this is who they are, what they look like. And uh, once they fill out that questionnaire, then we talk on the phone. And if then we agree to meet if I decide I can take them on and I can help them. 
Then we meet in person. And once that meeting is done, I go back and do my research, basically. And I start looking. I look through my database. I meet people and um, go from there. Okay. But so what if you have somebody that comes to you and nobody in your database Mm -hmm. matches that person? Do you... um, Well, I meet people all the time. I meet people every day. So Mm -hmm. if I don't have someone today, I may have someone tomorrow or next week. And the bottom line is if I think I can help them or not. If their um, wish list is outrageous, it's completely unrealistic, I just won't even take them on. Or I'll keep them on the back burner and I'll call them if I think I may have a match for them. But for the most part, if I don't think I can help them, if I don't think I have a match, I won't take them on. And, you know, I don't waste people's time and I don't take their money and have them sit and wait. Okay, so let's say um, let's say somebody comes to you and they have a particular career um, that that maybe is unique or challenging in terms to form a relationship around Mm -hmm. the career. Do you how do you match somebody that has um, like a unique career? Do you match them with somebody else that has a, a hard to understand job or what are some of the components that you look for crossover in? Well, it depends. and depends on what they're looking for, and it depends if that's what they want. Most people that have those type of careers don't want another person that's in the same boat. They want someone that's a little more open in terms of their time, or else they're never going to get together. You know, if they both have, you know, 12 to 14-hour jobs, if they're a doctor on call at an ER, they're never going to see each other. So most of the times they really don't want someone in the same career. Um, there are times where people do just so the other person understands what they're going through. But I encourage them to kind of look outside of that and to see what else is out there because you just you just never know. So, yeah, be, everyone has preferences, and I go by what people want first. And then also put in a little bit of reality in there as well. Right, right. Okay, so let's look at some of the more challenging ones. I'm thinking of a woman in their 50s, has been single all her life, never found the love of her life. Um, How do you match up somebody like that? How do you help them figure out what their, what their, um, their blocks are? Well, and that's the challenge, especially at that age, if you've never been married and you've never had kids, um, there's obviously a reason. Either she put her career first, always, or it's just not been on her mind. So it is tough, but there's there's someone for everyone. So, so you still believe a, that, that there I is do. someone for everyone? I do. And it just depends on how, you know, how open you are to see. And it might not be someone that you ever looked at before or thought of. But definitely, I do believe that. So um, how does your matchmaking service differ from, let's say, the big, um, I don't know, would it be fair to compare you with the big online services or the bigger matchmaking firms? Well, I'm very different because I'm small. I'm a very small time boutique style type of matchmaker. It's just me. I don't have other people working for me and matching people. Um, I don't have the huge overhead that the big firms do. I don't have all these assistants and people that do, um, you know, in the background work. So I that's part of the reason why I can only take on so many people because it is just me doing the matching. So I always wanted to stay small. I've had offers to join big companies and I haven't and I'm probably never going to just because my service will not be personal anymore. Right, right. So that's why I am different. Um, so let's talk about the local climate here in Orange County. Um, talk, talk to me about why you, from somebody from coming, let's say, out of the country, but also totally out of the area, why you find this environment here to be unique, or, or is it not unique? I don't know. I experienced it um, to be a little challenging, but I don't know if, I don't know because I didn't date anywhere else if it wasn't challenging right. everywhere else, too. Well, it is challenging, especially in Orange County, because we don't walk anywhere. We're in our cars. We go from work straight to our car, to the gym, back to our car. Nobody walks up and down the street. And, you know, if if you did, you would probably be able to meet someone. But everyone drives here. There's no really public transportation where you're supposed to meet people. Unless you go to bars and clubs and you know, there's there's really nowhere to meet people. So it's more difficult in Orange County also because I think 
it's very family oriented and in LA there's quite a bit more things to do for single people there's a lot of single events and that's part of the reason why I'm starting to do single events in Orange County is because there's nothing to do in Orange County and we're all in our cars we go you know we're, we we don't meet people on the street like people in a metropolitan city do so it's more challenging for sure interesting I don't think I would have pointed to that to be the reason but that makes perfect sense actually you're not right. bumping into people quite in the same way that you are in a metropolitan city huh that's right. interesting Okay, so if you're just tuning in, um, you're listening to 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is KUCI, and I'm your host, Kimberly Martin. I have with us here uh, Julie Bendis, and Julia is a, um, I would say, a multi-generational matchmaker. She uh, comes by this skill and talent culturally. This is how she was raised. This is how it was done for years and years uh, growing up in Russia. Um, along the Baltic Sea, right? Right, and, that's right. Um, so this is something that comes naturally to you. This is a talent you're sharing with people here in Orange County. And right now we're, we're reflecting on some of the nuances and uh, the differences for a meeting in Orange County. So let's go back to that. Yeah, it, it's in Orange County is known to be very family-oriented. You know, people from L.A. meet and then they move down to Orange County because it's less busy you know, it's more residential and you have a house, you have a land, you have a little, well, a little more land, you know, you don't live on top of each other. So it, when you are single, you do work in Orange County and there's really, and like I said, unless you want to go to bars every night, where really do you meet someone? So why would a bar be a good place or not a good place to meet somebody? Well, it's not a bad place to meet someone and people meet in different locations and it doesn't make it bad it's just most people after work do not have the time or the energy to go out whether it's a bar or club or even a restaurant or bowling or whatever it is that you know where people meet it just you don't have the energy especially people here have busy careers or they travel all the time and they just don't have time to meet people on their own so they turn to online dating which doesn't work most of the times and it goes bad and they meet people and they don't look like their picture at all. Is, so. that the, is that the main reason why you think online dating doesn't work? Well, I, I think there's a lot of reasons. I think it could, but one, you need the time to basically, you know, screen every single person on there, look through every single profile and message them and figure out if this is really who they say they are. Um, but, you know, besides time, you don't know who you're getting. You really don't know the person behind the computer. They can say whatever they want in their profile, you know, not until you meet them and then you feel the chemistry because you really don't feel and see the chemistry just emailing back and forth. And people are very timid about meeting in person. Do you think that you can have chemistry with more than one person? Yes, for sure. Of course, and it's just natural, but it's uh, when you figure out, when you weigh out the, your options and, you know, when there's more positives than a negative and you willing to spend the rest of your life with that one person, you know, that's, you really have to figure out what you want because you can have chemistry with 20 different people. Right. You know, but which but one is the enough. one? Right. Well, so you raise an interesting point about legitimacy. Somebody coming to you, they they have to show you exactly who they are if you're meeting with them in person. And you definitely don't get that. You get a more ungoverned process when you're doing it online, right? Well, exactly. And that's why I meet with everyone and I screen them in a way. I read people well. I Within the first 10, 15 minutes of talking with someone, I can figure out whether they're being honest with me or not if they're lying or if they're you know hiding things or if they're really legitimately interested in this process and they have to be serious in order for me to help them okay serious in what regard what do you mean by serious serious that they want to meet someone that they want to find a partner not that they just want to date sleep around you know and see what's out there because they've already done that most people that come to me have already dated seen what's out there and they want quality Okay. So. so now you also offer um, uh, coaching for dating. Like what, what, what specifically would be different about that service and what all does uh, coaching entail? 
Well, I don't like to use the word coach only because everybody these days is a coach of something. That's true. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, but I guide people and I help them and in a way to figure out what it is they've been doing wrong, why they'd be dating the wrong people, why they're picking the wrong people, or what they're doing on a date that's wrong, why it never gets them a second date or a third date or even a phone call back. So do you mean like dating etiquette or exactly okay. dating etiquette, uh, just putting your best foot forward, whether it's showing up with, you know, a dirty shirt or your hair and combs or holes in your pants or or talking about subjects that you should not be talking about on the first date. Ah, uh, That's a good one. What right. Is, what are some of the I, I might have had issues with this because I was a little bit of an open book. What are some of the things you don't talk about on the first date? Well, and, and that's the thing. So being open book, it's great to be an open book, but you don't have to do all of that in the first date because it may scare someone away. You don't, I say you don't talk about politics. You don't talk about sex. You don't talk about your exes because it's, it's not an appropriate time for it. Eventually with time, you will figure out where they stand, you know, whether it's politics, whether it's sex, whether it's whatever. You just certain things put other people off. But at some point, you know, this whole concept of speed dating, I kind of like um, I kind of like that. I speed dating. Yeah, <laughs> I just love the concept of it because I really I really I guess everybody feels like they've honed their own skill. But my skill was I strongly used my sense of smell. I know that seems like an <laughs> odd thing to say in public. That's but I was one. very big into pheromones. And I pretty much, you know, I got a whiff of you and it just didn't seem right. We we weren't going we to wow. get past a really quick conversation. I felt like I could make an assessment within four or five minutes of somebody right. if there was a spark or a match of any kind. I, I was pretty quick. Um, I don't know if that was fair, though. Well, exactly. And most people are not that quick in figuring out what this person is about. I can read people well, but I'm also not dating them. Because if I did date every single person that comes to me, it would be very easy for me to figure out what what they're about and, you know, not send them on those dates anymore. But, you know, but they're, the whole thing about pheromones and everything, it is good. And you have to go with your gut. Most people are not good with that. Most people don't go with their gut. And they may have a feeling that something is off with this person. But you know what? I'm going to give them another chance. And another chance turns into six months later. And then they find out, you know, the other shoe drops. And then they figure out, oh, I had a feeling. I had a bad feeling. And I didn't and follow did, my intuition. I, right. So a lot of people don't read people well. So, But, yeah, you do have to give people a chance. So you have to give people the benefit of the doubt at first. So, Well, the pheromones issue is kind of a separate issue. I think if you're dating with the possibility of starting a family, there's probably some pretty good evidence that um, if they if they pass the smell test, they might be a good person to match your DNA with. <laughs> and I'm yeah, not talking about true. body, like, you know, people that are unshowered or unclean. I'm right. talking about like some basic, you know, science here of you know, what tribes really go with what tribes to make beautiful children and healthy <laughs> children. But um, I don't know that I would use that method, you know, if I right. had to go the second time around because I'm not going to have any more children. And Right, you're done. Uh, yeah, I'm done. So maybe you'd yeah. use some other skills. What are some of the really important things to look for when you're, when you're evaluating a, a mate? Well, I think taking in consideration everything that um, you, you've been through, and knowing when enough is enough and knowing what you want. That's the biggest thing. You really need to know what you want. So when a person comes to me and they tell me this is exactly the type of person I'm looking for and I set them up with that exact person that they want or as 100% as you can, and then the next day they call me and say, no, I, I don't want that. I didn't like her or him. Let's go this way. So you know, most people don't really know what they want until they're much older. So that's part of the reason why I don't take people on that are too young. And people that have never been married in their 40s and 50s, it is a red flag to me because either they have, they can't commit or it's, they've put their career ahead of everything else. So it's, it's really hard. You have to, you have to take in consideration a lot of things. You're, 
your hobbies, your interests. What do you like to do on the weekends? You know, sometimes they want somebody completely opposite of them, but in the end, they're not going to have anything to do with that person or talk about. So have you ever had a situation where you had to override somebody where they said, oh, this isn't, per- this person isn't right for me. And you're like, I'm sorry, I, I've got a, I've got a real sense of this one. And you need to get back there and try again. Have you ever had that happen? I have. I've had that a lot of times. And I actually even told people after the first date, if they felt there was any kind of connection, but they still weren't sure, I told them, give it another chance. You just never know. And you you may find out they're in a different setting. You may have a lot more things in common. I've had that happen a few times, and people are married now with babies only because they gave them another chance, and they saw them in a different light. So let's say your first date is a sit-down dinner, and it's loud, and there's people around you, and you can't really be yourself. You're uncomfortable. You're nervous. Do something else on the second date that will show you a different side of this person. You know, if you if you like going paddle boarding, go to the beach, go to the lake, go do something that's more of an activity together to see how that person inter- interacts with you. Are they helping you? Is it being a gentleman? Is it holding, holding your hands? Is he holding the board for you? Is it opening the doors? Is it, you know, those things are very important to observe in a real life situation, not just sitting behind a table. Okay. So. All right. Good. Now yeah. you have an event coming up. Right. Let's talk about that because you cited earlier that there isn't much to do for singles in Orange County. I thought there was a lot more for singles to do than married couples because, you know, there's so much action. Why um, Why do you think there's a limit on uh, stuff to do for singles? Well, there are a lot of things to do for singles, but besides going on meetup and finding activities like hiking and biking, there's really no place that you can go to that is having a singles night where you can actually sit down and talk with people face to face and meet people face to face without, you know, going on a hike with 300 other singles that you may never get a chance to really talk to because, you know, guys are looking all over at all the pretty girls and there's just not enough time. So this is a more of an intimate you setting where you sit down, we're going to have some live music, good food, and I'm going to be there to help you approach people that you think might be, you know, that you're interested in. So there's really, there's a lot of things to do for singles in LA. There's really nothing after work for people to do in Orange County as a single person. Okay. So um, that event coming up is this November 13th, 2014. Uh, from 6.30 to 8.30 at the Hacienda on the lake. And that's in Mission Viejo on Vista del Lago. That's actually a great spot. I've been there many times. It's yeah, got a beautiful it used view to be, of the lake. It used to be Tortilla Flats, and they've completely remodeled this place. I it see. looks amazing. Okay, I see. All right. Yeah. Um, I do remember it as Tortilla Flats, too. So right. if, if you're familiar with that, that's where this is going to be. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you in advance um, to make a reservation, um, I guess it, you get a better deal, but um, that's right. Match by Julia. Um, match by Julia. Julia is J-U-L-I-A dot com. And, um, and so just uh, attending an event like that, somebody can get 20% off of a service fee um, for matching uh, with your with your service that you offer right. uh, by doing an event like that, right? Right. And if you RSVP ahead of time by the 10th, uh, not only does it give me a good um, idea of the ratio, that I make sure I have a good ratio of men to women, but I also know how many people are coming and you get, uh, you get a free drink. And like you say, you get a discount on uh, membership if you sign up as okay. well. All right. Um, so obviously you've had some upsides and some downsides to this matchmaking business. <laughs> I'd like to hear right. a few of your success stories and maybe some of your huge failures. Huge failures, <laughs> well, just, yeah. Just to be honest, because it is life and it is people. So it'd be kind of fun right. to dig a little deeper. Um, but really quickly before we do that, if you're just tuning in, this is uh, Real People OC and I'm your host, Kimberly Martin. And I have with me a multi-generational matchmaker um, applying the old principles of putting people together. And um, her name is Julia Bendis. And it's been a real treat to listen to uh, what single life in Orange County is like today. So, uh, Julia, tell me some of your success stories and some maybe some that didn't go so well. Well, the success stories are basically people that have... um, 
went on to either get married or have long relationships. And some of them have been the ones that after the first date weren't sure. And I kind of pushed them to give it another chance. And they ended up, you know, getting married within a few months and having kids. And, you know, the the more open-minded you are, the the easier it will be. So the, you know, there's a lot of those success stories, but there's also some that people that just never want to change and they're very close minded. And no matter what I do or what I bring to them, or what kind of people I bring to them, they just want to stay within their little circle. And they have a huge list of wants and musts and there's nothing I can do. I mean, I've had men that thought they deserved a woman that's 15 years younger than them because they wanted to have more kids. Or they just wanted to walk around with a 28-year-old woman while they're in their late 40s or 50s. And it's just not going to happen. So, you know, if they don't listen to me, if they don't take my professional opinion consideration, I'm not going to work with them. So there's been a lot of failures where men just didn't show up on the date, which was the worst. That's happened, you know, once. Thankfully, only once. Uh, There were times where... You know, I have met people and they don't look anything like their picture. So then I kind of have to go back to the drawing board and, you know, find out why, why are you using this picture? It's either been touched up or, you know, it's from 10, 15 years ago. So there's been a lot of things, you know, people thinking that they need to color their hair as a man where most women love to see a distinguished looking man and some gray hairs is beautiful, you know, to show you real age and, you know, or men that shave their arms because they think women hate hairy men. And (laughs) I asked, you know, where do you get that from? Oh, my brother or my, you know, my father. And it's just, you know, it's so, it's so funny how many people get the wrong, you know, ideas and the wrong advice. And, And that's part of the reason why I'm writing this book is because where do you really learn how to be attracted to so how to be attractive to another person or how to court someone how to date um let's talk about the book what is the title of your book well there is no title yet but it's basically a self-help how-to guide basically for men only because in the last few years i've had a hard time with men thinking this is how they should act or how they should be on a date and talking about things that are inappropriate dressing inappropriate texting versus calling, you know, just the day-to-day mistakes that they keep doing and nobody tells them to to change their ways. Right. So it's really about changing what you've been doing wrong to attract the right people. So what are some of the biggest offenders? What are some of the things they do the most wrong? Well, there, there are a lot of things. I mean, mainly it's... I it's, think guys have more leeway than girls. So, I mean... Well, it depends. It really depends. I mean, number one, when you come to meet with me, you want to put your best foot forward because I'm the one looking for someone for you. So don't show up looking like you just rolled out of bed. And a lot of men don't really think about their appearance that much, whether it's the first date or even just to meet with me for the first time. And people show up with wrinkled shirts and, you know, stains on their shirts. And, you know, it's really appearance is huge on the first date. You know, they say don't judge a book by its cover, but you kind of have to on the first date. you got to use the only information you right. have at that point, and until, it is the appearance. Until you get to know someone, of course. You right. know, now, if you're a doctor and you're showing up to a date in scrubs because you just didn't have time to change... All right, that's fine, but I will never schedule your date right after work. That's why I always give people time, go home, you know, change, take a shower, look your best, and then go on the date. And it's there's a lot of things, you know, from emailing instead of calling or texting instead of calling after the first date or even before the first date. And those are my rules. You you don't text, you don't email, you call, and if you're interested in that person as a man, I want you to ask her out on a second date while you're on the first date. Oh, that's interesting. Then then she knows you're interested and don't don't play games and don't wait this three days, three day rule or four day rule or whatever it is. Don't do that. Women will get turned off and they'll move on. Hmm. Okay, so the rules have changed on that (laughs) on the phone calling thing. We're not waiting three days anymore. We uh, not playing it cool. No, at least not to me. And, you know, most men think, oh, women 
you know, they're they're very independent now. They have their careers and they have everything going for them. But you know what? At the end of the day, we still want to feel like women. We still want you to open the door for us and to be a gentleman. And that has never gone out of style. That's what every woman wants. Is a gentleman. Yes. So do you think a lot of the coaching that you give would... Um would be mostly on etiquette and things like that, that they've somehow lost through being yes. single for too long? or A lot of it is. A lot of it is. And a lot of it's just putting your best foot forward. Like I said, you know, there's really, it's not a science, but you get comfortable and you get set in your ways. And if no one ever corrects you or gives you the right information from the beginning, like maybe your mom, then you're going to continue your whole life doing that. So, okay, so let's let's talk about a little bit about the service. What can somebody expect from the whole process? They meet you. What What's going to happen for them? Right. Once they sign up online or they email me and I send them the questionnaire, they fill it out, they send me a couple pictures, um, I go through it, I call them, and we discuss it in more detail. And if I think I can help them, and if I have a possible match for them, then I'll take them on, we'll make an appointment to meet in person, we sit down again, we talk in more detail, and that's when they basically sign up, sign my contract, and I go back and start doing the research. Once I think I have someone for them, I usually have the man plan the date. If he'd rather me do it, I can do it. We set a time and a place that's good for both parties, and they meet there. They don't have any contact prior to the date. The only thing I do is uh, text them or email them a phone number, their cell phone numbers, an hour before. And I tell the man to go ahead and contact the woman at that time. Introduce himself. Tell him, you know, I'm so-and-so. I'm wearing a green shirt. I'll meet you at the bar or wherever. And then um, they're pretty much on their own. So the next day, they both have to call me and give me feedback. So... So you become the interlocutor for for that information as well. Exactly. So they'll never be in the dark. Is he going to call me? Did he like me? I thought it went well. Did it? I don't know. I will tell you. And you have to be completely honest with me and tell me, you know, I like this about him. I didn't like this about him. And, you know, and they both call in and they tell me their feedback. And then we go from there. Do you share it with each other? You share the man's feedback with the woman and the woman's feedback with the man? I do, because how else? Well, I mean, it's never bad. You know, it's never, oh, she smelled terrible. You know, it's never like that. Most of the people... His armpits were hairy. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if he shaved. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hope they don't see all of that. But, you know, it's never bad because I coach them ahead of time and I guide them, you know, how how to be and how to act and what to wear and you know, to bring out their best. So it's it's never brutal. It's never bad. And if it is, obviously, we have things to work on. And that's how they learn. Very interesting. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more. So, um, well, you know, we've got a few more minutes to go. And just tell me what, um, what you think is inside of you that makes you uniquely qualified to do this. We haven't talked enough about that. Yeah, and that's interesting. People ask me that. I just get a feeling. I just have this feeling that these two people will be great together. And it's so hard to explain, you know, call it intuition or whatever it is. It just, you know, obviously I take into account what they want. You know, if you come to me and say, I want a blonde, green green eyes, I'm not going to bring you, you know, dark hair and brown eyes. You know, I'm going to try to do the best that I can. But at the same time, I will bring you other options that, like I said before, that you may have never looked at. And if you give it a chance, maybe this is the right person. Mm. So it's a lot of things. It, 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 you, you take into consideration their hobbies, their interests, what they're into, their daily life. And you put it all together. And it's it's a lot of research. It's a lot of work. Uh, but it's also, I love what I love. So, Do you do background checks on anybody? And I do. I offer background checks and criminal checks. And so far, no one's, I think one person actually asked for that. But I think, you know, when I know where you live and I have your driver's license number and, you know, it's really hard to lie about things because I'll find out eventually. Right, right, right. <laughs> so who do you find to be more coachable uh, in this process, men or women? Ooh, that's a tough one. You know, I used to think that men are more coachable, 
but I go back and forth because it really depends on the age of the person. So there's times where men, um, men that are younger are a lot more coachable. Men over a certain age, and especially if they've been married before, a little bit tougher. Women seem to be pretty open-minded and pretty open to anything and everything, and they're always willing to learn. So as long as, um, you know, as long as they want a partner, as long as they want somebody to love, they seem to be pretty open-minded and coachable. And and (laughs) coachable. That's good. So, well, if you have something you want to say to single people out there um, uh, that are alone and want to couple up, what is some of the best advice you can give them for, um, aside from using your service, of course, right? uh, what is some of the best advice you can give them to... um, Dust off, you know, the lapels and get back out in the game. What, what is the best you have to offer them? Well, the biggest thing I tell people, especially men, is don't sit back and wait. Men tend to throw themselves into work a lot, and they put their love life on the back burner. Women are a lot more proactive about it. Women are go-getters. You know, I'm not saying men are not go-getters. Women are just about love when it comes to men and finding a partner. They will get out there and they will do whatever it takes. I mean, that's why there's thousands of books for women, you know, on how to find the guy and how to get the guy and how to make yourself beautiful and how to make yourself pretty and this and that. So they will take all those resources and read them and learn from them. Men just kind of sit back and wait and watch for women to somehow appear on their lap. I don't, I don't know, you know, and, and, and people always tell me that, oh, you know, I'm not going to do matchmaking. I, I want to meet someone organically, not naturally. Well, you know, I mean, at a certain age, is it really working for you? Yeah. And <laughs> why doesn't that work anymore? You know, there's got to be some pretty compelling reasons that the good old fashioned ways don't work. Actually, it wouldn't be fair to say it's good old fashioned because if you were really being old fashioned, you were set up, right? Right. And it doesn't work for many reasons because of we're living a different world. We have so much technology. We're behind our phones. We're behind our computers. We don't walk around anymore. When was the last time you saw a single man or single woman just sitting on a bench and reading a book or just looking around? We don't do that. Our heads are in our computers or phones and we don't look around we don't look at people that pass by you you miss people by looking at your phone and being involved in whatever is going on on your computer so there's a lot of things and you know I think technology has kind of ruined it a little bit you know the whole dating life and being able to meet people easier Hmm. People aren't checking each other out as much out in public. I don't think I mean, so. They don't. People are so busy. They're running from one thing to another and people throw themselves into work. And if they're not working, they're working out. They're not looking around. Again, besides, you know, what woman wants to be picked up on while she's working out, sweating on a treadmill, you know. So it's tough. And men have also seemed to become more timid because they think women are so independent and they don't need them. Because we do act like it. We act like we don't need a man anymore. You know, we, we're tough. We're, we make an income and we have our own homes and we have our own cars. So it's very intimidating for a man to approach a woman who seems unapproachable. Right. Yeah. Do you find that some of the advice that you give during the dating process when you're setting people up actually carries into um, good, just good quality relationship advice too? It does. It really does because if you if you learn how to treat the other person the way they want to be treated and respect, it will last you your whole marriage, your whole relationship forever. So it's it's good to learn the basics, so to speak. And some final advice for men on treating women and women on treating men. Do you have any good age old sage wisdom? Respect. That's it. Respect other people's time. If you're going to say you're going to call on a Monday at 7 o'clock, call on a Monday. I mean, unless you're dead, I don't see why people can't. You know, yes, maybe you're in a surgery, you're an you know, ER doctor. Okay, I understand. But then don't let it go and never reach out to that person because you feel bad and you feel guilty and you don't know how to start the conversation because now you know you messed up. So if you if you have a connection with someone, don't walk away from it because of something really small, something dumb that's happened. So have respect for each other's time and give each other, you know, the kindness to return a phone call, even if you're not interested. You know, I hear it all the time. 
he all he had to do was call me and say he wasn't interested and I'd move on. People need closure. And women, the same thing. Don't be vague. Don't go out with someone where you don't see any connection with, but just because you're trying to be nice, you know, don't waste your time or his. So that's, I, you just touched on probably the most important part of this is if somebody isn't interested, you get to be the one to deliver that news rather than fall into the big gray area where nobody knows, right? Right, exactly. But that would be worth the price of admission right there just because nobody wants to have to sit and wait until the waiting becomes embarrassing. Exactly. And that's what the worst part of dating is the waiting. Oh, geez. It it is the worst part. Is he going to call? Is he not going to call? When's he going to call? Is she going to call? Is she going to call me back? You know, it it shouldn't be a game. It's not. You like someone, you tell them you like them and make time for them. You're never too busy. And that's the biggest thing I tell people. It's, you know, it's such, uh, people say, oh, I'm just so busy. I'm so busy. That's why you are not that busy that you cannot pick up the phone phone and say, listen, I'm busy, but I just wanted to reach out, say hello, see how you're doing. And I'll call you tonight. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the one thing, one advantage to this is that if, in fact, people are engaging a service such as yours, they at least are not trying to avoid intimacy. I found that a lot of people out there want hookups, but they really don't want to engage in an intimate relationship. And um, how do you screen for that in your service? Do you yourself have to ask some pretty pointed questions to weed out those folks? Yes, and I do. And that's part of the reason why people want my service because I do screen people and I do ask questions and at the end of the day I will get to the bottom of it so you you may tell me no no I want a serious relationship but I have found out a few times that that wasn't the case and you know your membership is pretty much terminated because I'm not in this business to just give you hookups you know this is serious this is love this is something that will last you forever hopefully so I don't have time to deal with that. There's plenty of online websites just for that. Yes, and you have to go find those on your own. We're not going to tell you what those are. (laughs) Right, right. All right. Well, if you're just tuning in, we've enjoyed a really nice hour with uh, Julia Bendis, and she is uh, matchbyjulia.com. Julia Bendis is a multi-generational matchmaker. And um, from way back when, when they used things like gut and intuition, Uh, to put people together and a little bit of, I would say, an outside perspective that we can't always give ourselves that um, that perspective uh, certainly would be helpful uh, in today's world too, just as much as it was, you know, hundreds of years ago. So um, we're drawing down on our time, Julia. Any final words you want to share with our listeners here at KUCI? Just give it a chance. It's something different, especially if you tried everything else before. Why not try a matchmaker? You just you have nothing to lose. Absolutely. Well, listen, it was a delightful hour and we'll um, look forward to hearing uh, more about your book in the future and uh, some of the other topics that you might want to discuss with us also. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you for joining us.